Hi, and welcome to Showcast, the podcast that explores the creative journey of concerts, films, theatre shows, and public art made with Notch. Join me, Kat Kemsley, as we hear from the people behind the pixels. Today, I'm speaking with the creative directors of award-winning video design studio, Frey, Finn Ross, and Adam Young. Last year, Finn and Adam launched Frey Dev, an initiative to help early career creatives, students and graduates develop their skills by answering real-world briefs. In this episode, I find out about the inspiration behind Frey Dev, the benefits of learning by doing, and the importance of developing a solid creative process. Adam and Finn share some golden advice on how to grow your confidence as a designer and ways to handle constructive criticism. So if you're a fresh-faced designer who's looking to get their start or an experienced designer with a lot of wisdom to share, then this is the episode for you. You're listening to The Notch Showcast. Hi, Finn. Hello. Adam. Hi. And welcome to the podcast. Finn, it's great to have you back and welcome, Adam. Thanks for having us. Yeah, nice to be here. So, Finn, we spoke on the podcast about a year ago. Almost yeah, exactly. Pretty, almost yeah. exactly a year ago about Frey's video design for the theatre show Back to the Future. And today we're going to be talking about Frey Dev, which is an initiative to help young creatives and graduates get into the industry. Before we get into it, can you tell me a bit about Frey Studios and your ethos? Well, I mean, Frey, we have existed for about five or six years now in our current <coughs> incarnation. Uh, Adam and I worked together for much longer, but sort of about five, six years ago, we became official uh, as, a, as a real company. And our work is largely about video for sort of shared experience, or sometimes we describe it as getting video into weird places, but very much in the live arena and now more recently in virtual production, largely with a sort of bit of a narrative focus on, um, on video as a sort of storytelling tool to bring people together and give people interesting shared experiences. Brilliant. And today we're going to be talking about Freydev. Can you tell me what is Freydev? So Freydev is a framework which we have set up to try and help people who are still studying, people who are about to start studying, recent graduates or early careers creatives to give them an opportunity to develop their skills by working on real world briefs that we have mm -hmm. completed on previous projects um, to just try and help give them some structure to the overall creative process to work through. Amazing. And where did the idea to run Freydev come from? Uh, for me personally, I have always found it nearly impossible to learn any new piece of software or any new techniques without actually having a goal and a project to aim towards. And at the start of lockdown, when we were just trying to learn new things internally within Frey, we were setting many creative challenges just to challenge ourselves um, and give us something to aim towards. And it was kind of out of those internal challenges that we kind of realized that there are a lot of people who could probably benefit from this same form of structure. Amazing, yeah. And what kind of students or grads have you had on the course so far? Well, we've had like quite a broad spread. We've had people from East Coast, West Coast America, Britain, Egypt, Australia, Hong Kong, like a real nice 
sort of international mix, which is is quite encouraging to kind of bring all these different experiences together into one place and for them to all to be able to engage with one another and sort of compare the differences. You know, I mean, a lot of the time it's university students, sometimes college mm-hmm. students. I think one thing we're looking to do is how we kind of reach a little bit beyond that bubble of um, expensive education and how we reach out to people who are maybe more genuinely interested but don't have the uh, resources to access that kind of education. And have you found that it's been a lot of art students, video, animation students? What kind of spheres of industry or education are people coming from? Definitely kind of drama schools, art schools, uh, a lot of people who have maybe been on the more technical side of things, you know, like server techs, LED techs, programmers with a bit of pandemic free time on their hands. And they've been using it as a sort of way to flex a bit of creative muscle, which has been really nice to see as well. Interesting. So it's kind of an opportunity for people to perhaps experiment with a new tool that they've been hoping to try out for a while or refine further skills that they already have to build a portfolio? Yeah. I mean, I think the main thing that we are encouraging people to do is to try things that they don't Mm -hmm. necessarily already know how to do, or they Mm -hmm. have some basic understanding but want to brush up those skills. Because once you're on a paid job, there is a pressure to deliver. Whereas with this, that pressure is slightly removed and there is the room for you to not fail, but there's the room for you to experiment and take the time to try things out and work things out. And if they don't necessarily go completely as you want them to the first time round, then it's kind of a space where that's fine. You can show what happened, ask everyone else in the group for help, and then mm-hmm. kind of move forward again. And I think it's really cool that it's come out of a process that you developed in your studio to help you guys you know hone in on skills yeah it's like the accountability you kind of give yourself when you you take on that challenge because you kind of make a commitment to each other that at the end of this month we're going to show something like it might just be a still like one png or it might be a functioning mini game or you know it might be a two-minute animation or you know anywhere in between so i think it's it's that accountability is a really motivating and driving factor for learning because you know especially at the moment with everything kind of in this weird cycle of on off is it happening is not happening what on earth's going on it's very hard to actually pin yourself down to kind of push on without something definite to make you do it so can you tell me a bit about the structure of the program what does it look like at the moment we are running it so that once every three months we issue a brief and that brief is based on a project that we have previously completed and essentially the same brief that we were given when we first did the project. Uh, we kind of list out the steps that we expect people to go through. So starting with like mood boarding, storyboarding, going through to the animatics, and then kind of like through the various stages of like first, second, third drafts as they move forward. And generally, we try to present the briefs as broadly as possible so that people don't feel too pigeonholed down into one specific thing. Or making what we made in response to it as well. We try and keep them away from that so it's their creative yeah. response, not a sort of like, oh, well, they did this, so I should probably do that. Because it's, it's about helping them foster their creative response rather than anything we might have done. And also not, not limiting which bit of software people are 
they're using, like trying to keep it as broad and open so that it's as useful to as many people as possible, regardless of what they're trying to learn at the time. You've shared your current group's brief with me. And what I really liked is that you kind of give two different options. So one was to go for a theatre video design and the other was to go for a museum design, which I felt let people play to their strengths or build on a type of design that they really wanted to focus on. So I loved that. And on top of that, you know, you guys provide tons of resources. You're communicating with not just words, but with images. And you're providing 3D models as well as images for use in the project. And then you also give an example project from your own back catalogue, as well as some original music. So I think you're providing a great foundation for people to just go ahead and be creative. What were your goals? What are you hoping to see people come up with? I think I'd like people to learn how to use a new tool, but also mm-hmm. to kind of learn their own creative process through doing this and understand the bits they excel and the bits they don't excel in. Because I think once you get to grips with your own process as a designer, it makes it much easier to, you know, take on bigger and bolder things because you have like a framework to fit it into. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'd hope as well as sort of understanding software, they can understand themselves as a designer and as a creative because, you know, we all have our different strengths and it takes time and experience to find that. And also understanding the real world process of like, you are given a brief and sometimes it can be pretty loose and you kind of have to develop something based on that. The only thing we don't give them is the nightmare client scenario, because as as much as there's plenty of constructive feedback, there's never, I hate it, uh, sort of thing. It's not that kind of space, but constructive criticism is part of it, because, you know, part of learning to be a designer is learning to share your work, learning how to kind of engage with criticism on a constructive level and realizing it is actually a really useful tool in advancing your work. I noticed that you guys encourage participants to share their work once it's complete or their creative process. I guess, what what is the benefit of sharing your work? Yeah, like at the end of each stage, we kind of ask people to share their work with everyone else, just so everyone can see what everyone else is producing. But it also gives a moment for us to be able to feed back to them, but for them to be able to feed back to each other. And there's been instances where people share things and then someone like very helpfully will chip in with like, here's a couple of links to some different tutorials that they found on YouTube that is relevant to someone's what someone's doing in their piece and kind of just like share the wealth of knowledge around. And also I think like just letting people in to see that like we don't know everything. Like there's some mm. things that Norv knows very well that I don't know. There's things that Finns knows that I don't know. It's kind of like you don't need to be a master of everything. Like you are going to be part of a team. You're not flying mm. solo. Like you don't need to feel overwhelmed the amount of things mm. you think you need to learn. I should also point out there are lots of things Adam knows and I pretty much know nothing. Um, but it's true. Like lean on a team or other people's experience. You don't have to do it yourself. I think that's a really interesting topic though because I, I think there is a lot of pressure especially when you're younger starting out to feel like oh I have to be able to do this this and this and oh god and I need to know this and and this and feeling like you have to be a real cross-section of skills gotcha like when I started out you just needed to know how to use After Effects because nothing else existed or we couldn't afford it whereas now like you have some kind of 3D platform or do you have a real-time tool in your tool set you know like there's so many more different ways of making content we definitely see that in questions people ask and how they sort of wonder about things is do I need to know all of this and it's like well no you need to 
find the tool that you're comfortable working with and the environment that you're comfortable in working in and and then you'll find your way to create your expression and tell the stories the way you want to do it you don't have to be able to do everything because lots of big polished finished work that people see is the output of many many people mm. not just one person and also you don't have to try and learn everything at once you can take it one piece of software at a time and actually learn and properly understand it and be very comfortable in it before you move on like within fray we have a big library of bits of software that we use but we have also been doing it for 10 plus years it's not even knowledge that's been learned in like eight the last year or so it's kind of 10 years worth of work and experience that's kind of like you gradually build the house up of the things you know and how to use them and i think this opportunity for constructive feedback in a like safe creative space is brilliant but when we go into the real world are there any digital spaces where you think it is possible to share work and receive constructive criticism? Ooh, uh, I mean, I think within our own work, we can't really do that because everything is under NDA or under wraps, if you know what I mean. But I think if, if it's like self-generated work and stuff you're making for yourself, you know, I feel quite a lot of people on Instagram who are just putting stuff out there for the sake of it. And, you know, I'm not sure you get kind of constructive criticism, but you'll get a like, uh, but that's not really worth anything. It's an interesting question. I'm not sure there is. I don't know. Adam? No, not that I can think of. Not in a way that is like structured to help you progress forward yeah i mean it's what we're trying to do with the discord space is make it a a kind of community space where they can kind of engage with the, us as much as each other and also people who have participated in previous programs are welcome to sort of stay around in the discord even if for you know life work college whatever reasons they can't mm. actively participate in the current program we want it to be like an ongoing community that they can build or that we can help them build and facilitate i think that's really useful because the thing that we try and impress upon them is you know they will be each other's collaborators in the future and as much mm. as you might be on opposite sides of the world right now there is very much a scenario in the future where you might end up together in the same building or the same show or whatever so you know like start making your your future connections and building your future networks with each other now because there's sort of no better time it's an opportunity for you guys to learn as well and keep in touch with where things are heading really yes completely mm. especially what people are actually being taught in schools at the moment versus what is happening in the real world and just seeing if they do line up properly or if there is a disconnect there. So, yes, because sometimes I do think there is quite a disconnection and this maybe is a little bit of an attempt to bridge that gap mm. as well between what you know secondary or tertiary education can provide and then that sort of first step into the real world and maybe sort of softening the shock and the blow once you get there. I'm curious to know, was there something that brought this disconnect between what people are learning in schools and what's actually happening in the industry to your attention? One of Adam and I's constant headaches is finding suitably qualified freelancers. Um, and also, it's very hard to find good people who aren't all from the same background and the same world. So to try and diversify the pool from which we can actually draw talent, I think, is a really important thing to be trying to do. In the brief, you advise that participants experiment and play as some of the best looks can come from an, a happy accident. How do you guys foster this habit yourselves? 
I mean, I think we'd like to kind of create an environment within our own company of a sort of safe space for creative dialogue. So throw something into Slack and say, what do we all think of this? And sometimes that's quite a good way of just sort of unblocking yourself or getting some other thoughts in there. You know, you kind of benefit from the the rich talent pool that sort of exists within the the team and i think that is a really important part of our working like at the start of any process there's always quite a lot of experimenting for us as well like even before you kind of get too far into storyboarding or anything it's kind of like you just need to open up some software and start playing it's to see what starts to feel right rather than try and get it all planned out beforehand Yeah, because I imagine as you progress in your career and you become known for a particular style or you have a massive backlog of clients, of jobs piling up or projects on at once and consecutively, it can be really hard to maintain this habit of experimentation and exploring. Absolutely. I think we've been trying hard to set aside where time allows, doesn't always, like two or three weeks at the beginning of a project to just make a total mess and throw everything around and with the kind of very much the understanding that anything that comes out at the end of that doesn't need to go forward into the final thing. It's very much about look development, world finding and giving ourselves that freedom. What would you guys say is your favorite part of the creative process? Uh, Before budgets come into it, (laughs) where everything is still possible and all those really great ideas you've had are like fabulous Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. it sort of gets grounded into reality and then budgets become involved and then things like physics and reality and tourability or whatever come in but then maybe once you've gone through all of that and then you kind of get to actually seeing what it is then then it becomes really fun again yeah the experimentation stage at the start is probably my favorite part of every project i don't know why it's just like there's no expectations at that point and it's kind of like the time that you can actually question do we have the skills to produce this thing that i can see in my head or do we need to learn them or find them elsewhere and you can kind of just uh, work through all of that process before anyone starts expecting too much. Yeah, you can kind of be an artist a bit more and have to be less of a designer, I guess, at that point. You're sort of just a little bit freer. And you guys state the importance of sharing your work with others before sending it to the client, which I feel is really great advice. And I totally agree that when you've been locked into a project for weeks trying to hit a deadline, that you can enter tunnel vision and you can lose sight of things a little bit. Um, So this is great that you've got Discord as your community space and FreyDev, and it's a space where participants can share their progress and become accustomed to sharing and asking people's opinions on projects. What I particularly liked is a resource which you shared, which is a breakdown of how you have answered a previous brief. What I particularly loved about this document is that you not only clearly document the process, but you also share the challenges you came up against. So for example, you explain that the clients requested you to change a a seemingly key element of your design after seeing the first draft. And I feel like it communicates how to deal with constructive criticism. Like if you go to art school, you get very used to kind of like standing up in front of the entire class and putting your work out there. Whereas I think in design school and design training, that's far less present. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes kind of getting something out of a sort of design, it can be really hard. So, um, I think it's important in acknowledging that it can and it will change because what you're making is the product of many, many people, not just one person. Yeah, and I think when I was putting that document 
together like the thing that i wanted to try and get across is like don't be precious like as mm. much as you're the one creating this design like you are one part of a very big machine with like that makes up the show mm. and you can't take that feedback personally like no mm. one is attacking you as a person it's just the work that you're creating in this moment isn't right for this particular part of the project and that's not an attack on me personally or me as a designer. That is just a comment on this part of the show. And that is a very hard thing to learn. And it took me a very long time to not take it personally. And I think the earlier we can try and get other people to start learning that, then the easier it does become to discuss and criticize work as it comes in and it isn't right nice idea wrong show yeah exactly mm -hmm. just save that idea and use it on a different show yeah I, I i think it's really good to set expectations and you've used phrases you know in the course materials such as you know everyone was mostly happy which i think for young creatives understanding that sometimes the client isn't always going to love the work is important so e even the best in the biz can get it wrong sometimes and you know, like we were saying, it, it, it's knowing when to let go or start again or find a compromise. But even so, especially starting out, when you do get that negative feedback, it can feel really crushing. What advice can you give to a creative who's lost their confidence in themselves after some criticism? Because I definitely have had those moments where you've sent stuff off and what's come back has been sort of negative and you just go, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm a terrible failure. This is the last show I'm ever going to do sort of thing. And, just, you know, like, that's not true. <laughs> uh, it's almost like you've got to kind of step back from the immediate thing and look at the bigger picture and think about where you are and look at your previous experiences and how you've responded when that has happened and how you move forward and you know one bad bit of feedback isn't the end of your career it's just a stepping stone on the way to actually making a better show mm. yeah and i think for me like once you've read the email like it is hard not to become instantly defensive i mean i know that i personally just have to put the email down and then just leave it till the next day because it's not helpful to the production it's not helpful to yourself it's not helpful to your own process your mental well-being like it's just not helpful to sit and stew in it like everything generally that comes back in feedback is achievable and is rectifiable but it's just taking that distance between initially receiving it and then actioning it to just let things become less emotional mm. yeah the tone that some people use in written communication which is often how you'll get your first feedback can sometimes be very different to how they would say it in reality and i think it's really important when you're reading stuff just look at what it's saying not the tone in which it's being said because sometimes it might sound like the most awful thing but actually all they really want is a different color of blue but it's sort of been written in such a bizarre way that you end up having to dig down through that and go oh that's actually all they want fine yeah. you can have a different shade of blue because um, often the person who's giving you the feedback might not actually have a very sophisticated critical vocabulary or they mm. might not be very used to kind of procuring good design you know so you have to give a little bit of a pause for thought i think and also as adam has absolutely correctly said step away from it don't respond immediately and i guess there's that finding that balance of treating something as your 
creative baby and then just purely going down the route of answering what's being asked by the client. It's working out that middle ground as well, where you have enough of the feeling and also delivering to a brief. Definitely. And that does just come with practice Practice. and experience Mm. of like knowing (laughs) which parts of feedback you can push back on and which Mm. parts is like, okay, I can see where they're coming from and we can change that. Definitely. I think like Adam says, experience is really the thing. I think how I would respond to something now versus 10 years ago is a very different thing. And I think the sooner you can start kind of building up that muscle, the kind of better it will stand you through your career. So we definitely try and make a feedback cycle very much part of of the work in dev because I think it's, it's incredibly important for them. And I guess all of this combined is quite a good opportunity for someone to get a feel for whether this type of industry is right for them. Definitely, because I think a lot of the time, some of the people who participate are quite early on and they maybe haven't said, I want to be a designer or I want to be a programmer or I want to be a system engineer. They're sort of somewhere in the beginnings of all of that. And, you know, Mm. like I didn't start as a designer. I started as a programmer and found my way into it. And I think having that space to kind of feel things out and experiment is is really useful and if you don't see it you don't know you can do it there's so many roles out there which if you've never seen it being done or if you don't have a understanding of how it's done how can you know that's what you want to do exactly the best ones are when you get people who've just opened after effects for the first time and by the end of it they've produced something and you've seen them go on a really big journey and they themselves mm. see it as well. And I think that's really interesting. There's someone who came from a technical background and by the time they finished, they were like, I thought I was just technical, but I realized I'm not, I can be more. And I was just like, and also just the fact that using the phrase just technical as well is terrible because, you know, the creative can't exist without technical, mm. but just people having that space to find these things in themselves is, is really, is a really nice thing to, be able to do and even if that person ultimately decides that the technical route is for them having some actual understanding of what the creative process is ultimately makes you a better collaborator i guess a lot of young creatives are struggling finding entry-level jobs in the creative industry especially because of covid and reduced number of people being on sites theaters being closed is there any advice that you can give to people trying to make their start in the industry this will be over soon and we will reopen again <laughs> that is for sure and i think when we do like there is going to be a huge appetite for the work that we do like just because live entertainment hasn't happened for a year does not mean the world has forgotten about it or no longer has any need for it mm. i think you know we've all felt quite useless and unwanted and unsupported and a bit cast aside in the kind of live entertainment world in this past year. But that's not to say that the world doesn't miss us. You know, when we briefly were able to reopen some shows socially distanced before Christmas, they sold so fast. And when they all had to be cancelled again, there was very few people cancelling their tickets. They were like, okay, well, we'll just wait till you've rescheduled, you know. Mm. So uh, the public are there for us and they, they want what we make. It's just sort of finding a little bit more will to kind of last this out is the tough part of it. And also, I mean, certainly looking at what people are scheduling and programming coming out the other end of this, there's a real push to proper, creative, interesting, modern, vibrant work rather than just any old tat. So Mm. I think like creatively, that is quite exciting. I think for people who are just starting out, don't be afraid to just email someone you would like to work with. 
and just mm. ask if those opportunities are there. Like they might not immediately be available, but like I definitely know that we could scroll backwards through emails and very easily find people when the right project comes along again. Definitely. Yeah, always get in touch because we, you know, we keep names on file and all that kind of stuff when people do so we can, you know, keep building the network. Nice, the digital black book. <laughs> Something like that. And what are your goals for the future of Freydev? For recruitment, we'd like to reach beyond the traditional drama school, design school bubble and mm -hmm. try and find people in kind of different forms of education or who haven't been able to afford access to expensive tertiary education so we can expand the uh, participation of the program for sure. And hopefully when COVID allows to start to move it into a real world space as well as a purely digital one. As much as you can do online, there are some times where you can get much more out of an afternoon with everyone sat in a room with each other rather than mm. endlessly talking over Discord. Yeah, we'd love to do like a summer camp or something like that. Five days in a barn in Wales with some projectors oh, and great. some kit or <laughs> something like that. Or get everyone down to a hire company's warehouse who's interested and spend an afternoon with some of the media server techs if they want to know more about media servers and create other connections beyond freight into industry as well. So there's kind of pathways that go from from the Frey Dev program to say Blue Eye Technologies or PRG mm. or Disguise or Notch or whoever, you know, that whoever we're friends with that wants to kind of come and excite some young people about the possibilities of what can happen in our industry. I think we'd also we'd like to address the kind of financial barrier as well that there is to participation in the dev program because uh, while the program is free to participate you still need uh, computers and software licenses and not everyone has that financial luxury so we'd be interested in setting up a hardware software loan program to people who um, aren't of the means to afford their own equipment one of the things that we're trying to do is to get funding to be able to expand the program beyond mm -hmm. like just us essentially using our own time to yeah. run it. And as part of that expansion, we really want to try and reach people who are underrepresented currently in the video industry. But it's just how do we reach those people and show mm. them that this is a viable career that you could have? Absolutely. And it's difficult to try and find the right mediums, isn't it? It really is, because I think like something we're feel very aware of is often we'll go and sit in rooms and they're just full of white men and the audiences who are coming to our shows and the performers who are on the stage a lot of the time aren't just a group of white men but why is it always a group of white men who are making the shows like yeah. that just doesn't make sense and i feel like if our goals are to diversify our creative teams, which mm. I think is very much a thing that's sort of coming out the back of 2020, we're not going to do that by looking around the current talent pool because it's so underrepresented. So what we have to do is create more people coming up and into it who aren't just white men, not to say that mm. white men are excluded or unwelcome either, but, you know, just to get more women into the industry, for example, or more people who aren't, you know, 100% physically able or neurologically typical. It just feels like the kind of world on the street outside of the buildings in which we're making our shows is often very different from the people who are sitting in the buildings making the shows. And mm. I think one thing that we feel we can do with Frey Dev by making it open to access as possible is help to kind of shift that picture. Um, 
slowly but surely over time. Is there any advice you could give to relevant companies within the live events and creative and video production industries who maybe they want to give some young creatives or graduates opportunities in the workplace? For you guys, you know, what have you learned through doing Freydev? I think we've learned there's a lot of curiosity out there. There's not a very clear understanding of how our industry really works to those on the outside of it. And I think if we can do something to kind of create more transparency between us and the outside world, I think that would be really constructive and helpful. You know, if we could do something to diversify those who are participating within the industry as well, that would be incredibly helpful. And, you know, I think Freydev doesn't have to be the only program. Like, you know, everyone can create some form of outreach in their sort of spare time. It's really rewarding. Mm -hmm. It's sort of nice to kind of make our industry do something other than just sell tickets. Awesome. Well, guys, I love what you're doing. And great to hear that you're giving back as well as putting so much in creatively as well. So yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. It's really nice to see people seeing Dev. <laughs> awesome. Okay, guys. Well, thank you very much. And I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 You can find out more about Freydev by heading over to www.freystudio.co.uk forward slash dev. If you want to stay in touch with Frey, follow them on Instagram at Frey underscore studio or Facebook at Frey Studio Video. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, let us know on Twitter or Facebook at NotchVFX. And don't forget, if you'd like your work featured on our Instagram feed at NotchFX, use the hashtag MadeWithNotch. Next week, Laura Frank and Nils Porman are back on the pod to discuss what we've all been anticipating, the return of live events, mass gatherings and cultural experiences. So if you're looking forward to live after COVID, then this is the episode for you. Today's episode was mastered by Tor Aynes and produced by Bent Stams and myself, Kat Kemsley. Thanks for listening and catch you next time. <laughs>